Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the Warp Sense of the Reality podcast. Uh, I'm Josh. And I'm Amy. And we're going to start off with our, um, we just got to California. And I'm in the homeless park in uh, Garden Grove. And, you know, here we go. So explain to me what a homeless park is. <clears throat> um, it's a normal park, but it's but a lot of homeless people gather there. So you have tons of homeless people in this park. So when we rolled in, you know, you pull your buggies in best you can over the ground, and you just go find you a park bench and you sit down. So that's what we end up doing. So that's literally what you do all day. Pretty well. You don't know that at first. You kind of walk in the park and you try to figure out what's going on. You get in your bearings and. I guess you know, everybody's staring at you because they realize you're new people here. So, uh, you know, we sit there for a few hours just kind of contemplating life and what's our next move. And then eventually you get homeless people come up and talk to you. They find out your story, what's going on, and then they start giving you advice on what to do next. They start kind of guiding you through the homeless pretty much, way yeah. of life. Yeah, pretty much. They so, start. did you sleep in this park too? Oh, uh, no, we never slept in the park. No, we did not. Um, pretty much that afternoon, they pretty much let us know, like, hey, at night, this place gets a ghost town. Everybody disperses. Nobody's going to tell you where their camps are, though, because they don't want people flooding their camps. So they were like, you need to go find somewhere to lay your head down at night. Because I want to say the park closed. The cops come through at night and clear the park out. So they was like, you want to go find somewhere to rest your head? And you need some, so you get, they was like, you got blankets, sleeping bags, such and such. like, no, we don't have none of that. So um, luckily for us, there was a target in front of the park. It was like a little bit of like a wooded area, and then on the other side of the wooded area was the park was the target. So mom went into the target and stole some sleeping bags, and then she she went like three times during the day. She went and stole a sleeping bag in a three man tent. Went back, stole another sleeping bag in a three man tent. Went and stole another sleeping bag in a five man tent. And then we all had tents to sleep in. So when this has been explained to you about you know basically how to live homeless. What's going through your mind, like? I mean, I'm, like you I officially was, transitioned from a normal life to, well, from somewhat normal. normal life, you know, at least living indoors, to now being completely homeless on the street. Um, it was difficult. I mean, you know, I, I remember the, I'm just sitting there wondering, like, you know, I think by that time is you're just thinking of the big things as a child. I'm like, man, where are we going to sleep tonight? Like, where? How do we find somewhere to sleep? You know, what are we going to do? Like, we don't have any blankets or anything, but, you know, mom rectified that, that problem pretty quick. And, uh, there was one particular guy named Dennis, a homeless guy named Dennis. He, um, pretty much was like, look, I'll take you somewhere and show you a place where y'all can set up shop. So as the dark started coming, we loaded our, you know, newly found tents and stuff into our buggies and off we went. Um, we went out back. I remember us going back in front of the target. Was, you know, that was the main street, and then we cut back, and we disappeared. We probably walked a mile, and there was just, like, this old parking lot that had, the grass had grown up on. And when I say grass had grown up, like, the grass was probably five foot tall coming through the parking lot. And he was like, right here is going to be a good spot. So we was like, okay, you're looking, all you see is grass. So you cut through and start pushing through the grass, and you go back about probably 100 yards in the parking lot. And sure enough, it was like a little clearing. And we, everybody got their tents up quick as we could, you know, and, um, he was like, you know, see you in the morning, you know, basically everybody meets back at the homeless park in the mornings and, you know, he, and mom was pretty much like, well, can we leave our stuff here? He's like, I wouldn't recommend it. It could get stolen, you know, so we crash out for the night and you wake up the next morning and 
you know, you, you, you get woke up by the traffic because you're close to the road, so you hear traffic going by and kind of stand up and you're looking over the grass and you see, you know, like, hey, we made it tonight, you know. And you just kind of sit there and now you're hungry, like, huh, you know, what, what are we going to do for food? And this, that, and the third. So we packed our tents up and put them back on the top of our buggies and pushed out of the parking lot and back down the way we came to the homeless park. And, you know, and everybody's at the homeless park. You know, you got people there doing drugs and people just chilling and people relaxing, laying out in the sun. And there was a couple of porta johns there. So you had a place to use the bathroom if you needed to. And, uh, and then you just start, you know, it's day two at the park. So people are a little more friendly talking to you, getting to know you. You know, you're talking to people. The dentist guy come back around and was like, hey, how'd it work out for you? You know, yada, yada, yada. Everything was good. And I want to say mom hit the target a few more times. You know, it's, it made it hard because you go in there so many times, they start recognizing, you know, and eventually you start looking homeless because you're dirty and you're stinking. And so she was able to get a few more uh, money out of that place, you know, taking something, taking it back, getting a refund. And we'd eat off of that money here and there. And you pretty much just saying it's like day in and day out. You leave the park, you go back to your campsite. You hope nobody's there, that nobody else found the spot. Of course, they didn't. And uh, and you would just set up, sleep, tear down, go back to the park. You know, we probably did that for a couple of weeks um, until the dentist guy kept coming around. So him and mom got closer and closer. So that turned out to end up being a relationship. You know, um, he's, they know he's sleeping at the campsite with us. And, um, he, he was pretty much like, you know, well, we got to figure something out from here. Cause you know, this ain't, it's because you're out in the open. So you can be, yeah, there's grass and everything, but you can be seen. So I guess the typical place people like to go was like a highway on ramps and off ramps. So we ended up walking a couple miles into garden grove one day and, uh, he found the spot on a hall, a highway on ramp. You start, you go up the ramp like cars are going to get on the highway, mm-hmm. you know, and boom, there was a clearing. And you're like, oh, wow. And you walk back in this clearing and you got like this whole campsite. I mean, it was, you know, you had to tear, clear out a few things here and there, but you had your own campsite. Now, this was somewhere you could set up and never have to tear down, you know, because nobody was there yet. And you kind of claimed a spot for your own. So <clears throat> I want to say we left the park the next night and instead of going to our parking lot, we go to this place and we set up shop and, you know, you got your little stove here and your, you know, and you got your tent here and here and here and you got a little area you can tie the dogs up at. And I mean, you kind of made a home out of it. And, but the, this time when you woke up the next morning, you didn't have to tear down and go. All your stuff could just stay there and relax there, you know, and you hover around a few days to make sure nobody comes around. And I remember, I remember there being a wall behind, so in front of us is the highway, but it's just a barely a clear and big enough for like two people to walk out of, you know, so you're kind of shaded. And then behind you was this, uh, like a, uh, one of those sound barrier walls. So the highway noise ain't traveling over into the neighborhoods and stuff. And on the other side of the wall was a 7-Eleven. So when you had money, you could just jump the wall and go to 7-Eleven, you know, get you some snacks and come back, hop the wall. They had a dumpster right there at the wall, so you climb up over the dumpster and over the wall. And that was our new home, and that's where we hung out for, uh, you know, we'd hang out there. You know, there you didn't have no, you could just wake up in the morning and be like, hey, I'm going to lay around for a couple hours before I go to the park. You know, and then you would, um, you know, do your thing and head to the park, chill, and then come back. So when you talk about the homeless park, was it this park, like, how many people at the park were homeless? Um, if you were to look around, if I was to walk up Oh, it, park, it was probably, it looked like it was probably a park that was built for a normal park to take your kids to and play, 
But then once the homeless people started congregating there, anybody of any kind of class level didn't come around the park anymore. So in the park total, you probably had anywhere from 50 to 150 um, homeless people there at any given time during the day. That's a, was it a huge park? Yeah, it was a pretty big park. Bigger than anything we've seen back home? No, no, no. It wasn't as big as Country Park by no means. It wasn't, it wasn't that big at all. Just hanging out, just hanging out, relaxing. I mean, it didn't seem crowded. I guess I mean it was enough space for everybody could do their thing. I mean, and you met some characters. We met some funny people there, you know. And and, and but I want to say because because I know if I'm a hundred percent correct, me and my sister were the only two kids there because I don't ever remember us playing with anybody at the park. You know, like yeah. it, there was no other little kids there. It was mainly older. It looked like probably thirty plus year old people that were mostly just drug addicts and you know. Did anybody bother you? No, I never once once got bothered at all. What about your sister? Not that I know of. I never seen anybody so bother. Everybody her. was friendly towards you. Yes, not everybody kind of, Yes, everybody was. Everybody was cool. <clears throat> um, there was a lady there. We we met a lady there after you know you're there for a few weeks and they, people get to know you. She had a um. There was like a RV park, you know, I don't know, a mile or less away from the park. And she knew somebody there. Basically, I think she was like selling herself for goods and services. Mm -hmm. So she was sleeping with people at the RV park and she got a card to use their showers there. Like she had a card you could slide to get into the showers. So she would come by and like, you know, hey, you know, you give me five bucks. I'll let you go use my card to take showers and stuff. So, you know, you got to know people like that. So then, you know, like, boom, she, you know, used that to make her money. And, you know, people would pay five, ten bucks and get the card from her. So I know my, I was always scared to go because I was just, yeah, ever since getting busted in Flagstaff, I didn't want to do nothing that was against the law or the risk of getting caught doing something you shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. So I never went. So I probably, I, I went months with no shower. Meredith and mom would go to the, um, the showers and take showers once in a while, you know, every couple of weeks and then come back and, you know, get a, you know, they'd be freshened up. I was scared as heck to go. So I never went. I never went at all. So y'all were going weeks and they were going weeks and you were going months without oh yeah any bath yeah. shower nothing yep yep not even rinsing but off. i mean but i think that that i mean yeah if you had water or something you know you might spray pour it over your head because california's hot how often do you shower now <laughs> i mean i know you but tell everybody how often do you shower now i shower every day sometimes twice a day but so I don't miss. A I shower. know you as a super clean, as far especially as far as your hygiene goes, person. Like you cannot stand to be dirty at all. No. Does no. that make sense to you now? Yeah, I, when you, I, if if you think about it, yeah, hell yeah, it makes sense. But I've I always wondered you have this very meticulous shower routine, and if you get if you feel like you're not clean, you start all over again and redo your shower routine. Yeah. <laughs> <That, laughs> yeah. If that's I get not out, normal if I get I out of the shower, my towel's people. not, and I forget like got to lay my towel out. I can't just go grab a towel and dry off. I gotta get back. I gotta lay the towel out, get back in the shower, get back wet again, then hit the shower, pull curtain, and then you're very OCD when it comes to your shower routine. <laughs> yes. And yes. now do you kind of see? Now it's funny. I just realized it myself as you were telling the story that that's why that's where it comes. Maybe from. it is. Maybe it's a subconscious thing. I don't know. I don't know. I, I went when I was homeless. I went for a long time without a shower. Because when you're telling me you went that long without a shower, like I cannot even imagine. Making it past day three. It's like basically the entire time we was in Garden Grove, the entire time I never had a shower. So that that could have been six months with no shower. Easily six months with no shower. <laughs> yes, I never took one. I might have rinsed off here or there and never took a shower. Never, ever, ever took a shower. I've heard you tell me, you've told me this before, but like, <laughs> I really haven't really. I was just scared to go to the, that, that shower. I, I never even went I to the RV park. I we have a kid now. 
And I can't imagine. I just can't imagine. A lot of things out, I just can't imagine. In my mind, I'm like, okay, what if I say, okay, it's my turn to take the card. I go to the RV park, go up in there, and then I'm in there showering. Here comes the owner, busting the door. Like, you don't live here. What are you doing here? Yank takes the card from me. Now I've lost a woman's card. Like, so many things could have went wrong. And I was like, I don't want no part of it. No part yeah, of it. Terrified. So, so, so we're living here and we're going back to the park every day and we're living here and going back to the park every day. And then finally, you know, money starts running thin. You can't really, you run out of people for mom to go steal from or whatnot, you know, of corporations and stuff. And now you're like dirty all the time. So now you're to the point where as soon as you yeah. walk in the door, you're getting watched. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just, you know, just minding your business. And so we're, money's running low. We need money. So we get the bright idea of me and my sister sitting on a uh, highway on ramp. You had to find one with a stoplight. Or highway off ramp, where they're coming off the highway. Mm-hmm. And you find one with a stoplight, you say they have to stop. So we're sitting there on the corner. We found some signs. It, this story was funny, but not funny. We didn't have a way to make our own sign. So we went and looked, because if you go search around the area, you'll find somebody else's sign where they sit there and they stuff it. And then that's where they come back every day and hide their sign. Mm-hmm. So we found a sign. And, of course, the first sign we find says, Please help me. Please give me money. So whoever wrote the sign couldn't spell. So to add insult to injury, here I am as a 11 or 12 year old, whatever how old I was. And I know how to spell, but I'm having to sit on this street corner and hold a sign that says, please help me. Please give me money. So me and my sister sitting here holding this sign. This I mean, it's a, you look back on it, I was like, God had to slap me two times. He couldn't just slap me one time. <laughs> and me knowing you and picture this <laughs> makes it funny. Too. So we're sitting here holding this sign, and and hey, being kids was a racket. They was handing money out left and right, you know. Um, uh, and I, I I hate to get racial with it, but I'm gonna get racial with it. White people will give you a dollar if you you know they hand you a dollar, two dollars, whatever. Asians would hand you five. Uh, they hand you bills. They, you never got a one from an Asian. It was a five, a ten, a twenty, two twenties, two tens, a ten and a five. You know, so you was always looking at the cars. Like when you saw Asians, you just know if you can just make sure you wiggle enough, get that sign over, they can see you. The money's coming out. So we That's we an did interesting that. scientific study. That I mean, hey, it, it it was the truth. It was the truth. You know, because and, you guys have pinpointed by demographic. But it could have just been Asians in that specific area. Uh, in a California, certain, a California is a high industry. Asian area, so it was a lot, at least in Garden Grove at the time it was a lot of Asians. So that's interesting. Yeah, so we're doing our thing there, and I think it lasted maybe three days. And my sister was like, "I can't, I can't sit on this corner. I mean, this is too embarrassing." You know, she's like, I, "I'm not going to do it." You know, and and pretty much where you're at in this scenario, you don't really have like. We're homeless now, so, like, mom can't be a mom because nobody's going to respect what she's saying or listen to what she's saying. So, you know, it wasn't like if you're a home and say, hey, go clean your room, your mom says, I told you to go clean your room, go clean your room, you go clean your room. Well, in the homeless setting, mom's like, hey, are you going to sit on the corner with your brother? No, I'm not going to sit on the corner with my brother no more, and there's nothing you're going to do about it. So she stopped sitting on the corner with me, so now I'm doing this by myself. So, you know, mom was like, well, I'll always be there watching, you know, always watching. She'd sit across the corner like this little bus stop and watch me, make sure nobody grabbed me. Well, I think that lasted two days. Because she you know, her depressed day just come. So now I'm just like, hey, I get up in the morning. It, it just got to where it was like a job. It was like I didn't even speak to nobody anymore. I would get up in the morning, you know, find something to eat. If we have something, we have a cooler there with ice in or something, find a, a Snickers bar or something, you know, grab a little something, something to eat. And then I'd go. And, and by this time, to, to you know, for y'all you fans out there, 
By this time, we had got a sign and spelled the stuff correctly on the sign. <clears throat> so I'd, t- I'd take my sign with me every day to the corner, and I'd sit on the corner, and you know, I'd sit there till I got at least about forty bucks. And I mean, sometimes that could be that could be twenty minutes, that could be an hour and twenty minutes, you know. So I finally make my money, and then I go back to the camp, and I hear Maris, your money, hear mom's use of money, here's my money, and then we'd all go about our day. And how old were you? Uh, probably I was eleven or twelve, something like that. So you were eleven or twelve, and you're already the breadwinner. <laughs> if twenty bucks is breadwinning, then I guess it is. So you know, but I'd make the money, go back, hand it out, and everybody go do their thing. You're getting up, doing a job, bringing money back, and giving it. You're basically supporting your mother. Pretty much. Eleven years old. Pretty much, pretty much. So, okay, but mind you, and so most days were like when you wanted to hang out, you know, you'd still go back to the park. So, so we go back to the park and we're hanging at the park. And one day this couple comes to the park and they're pretty much like, you can tell they were an uppity couple coming around and, you know, and you could tell some of the homeless people knew them. They were talking to them, waving at them, whatnot. So we're like, who is these, who are these people? So, you know, and this, of course, this homeless person that was hanging out with us is like, Oh, that's, um, I can't even remember their names. I know her name was Susie or Susan and his name I can't remember. And they were like, Oh, they live like in, they lived, you know, 45 minutes away from the park in some rich area in this, you know, million dollar condo. And they would come, you know, let pull homeless people from the park. And basically they pretty much say, Hey, we'll, we'll feed you and give you a roof over your head if you'll basically be our maid. You know, so you're basically, you take care of the house for them, clean, do the garden, and, you know, you were like, just cheap labor for them. So they come to the park, and they, of course, they run eyes right across me and my sister. And they're kind of like, oh, wow, you know. So they got to talking to my mom, and they offered to take me and my sister in. And, you know, and I guess mom, wanting to, her kids not to be homeless, was like, you know, talked about it with us. And, you know, of course, we're like, okay, you know, I guess, you know, so... You know, I think the next day they come and got us, you know, and they had a nice car, and we jump in the car with them, and here we go up to wherever, wherever city they lived in. We get there, and I just remember, like, wow. I mean, this place was massive, but, you know. Let me, let me back up for a second. Did you just tell me your mother gave you and your sister to two random strangers? Yes. In a state she'd just been in? Yes. We'd probably been in the state a few months. At a, what, a, tw- let's say 12 and 14? Something like that. Something like 11 and 13 or 12 and 14, yeah. And they lived in a different city? Mm-hmm. They didn't even live in the same same city your mom was homeless in? No. No. And what 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 happened when these people <clears throat> took you in? Okay, so we, off we go, and of course we walk in, and this place is massive. You know, it's in this beautiful neighborhood. You know, the place is huge. The place is beautiful. And then they take us onto their back deck, overlooks this valley. You can see coyotes running around. They got a jacuzzi. Made out of rock with like a rock waterfall, so like there's like a waterfall coming off the rock down into the jacuzzi. The place was the place was something like you would think a basketball player would live in. It was beautiful, and 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 to, like to find out, like I think he was retired, but he was a handyman, and she was like a traveling nurse. Like she went to where you know to her patients and nurse. And so you know, of course, they're like, hey, you're going to be in charge of trash, and you're doing dishes, and you're that and this, and. So a couple of days goes by, you know, and you're doing your thing. And then, you know, in the afternoon, they'd be like, hey, if you want to go get the jacuzzi, you can. So, you know, this is this was probably my first time getting a shower, you know, being with these people. So I'm taking showers and hanging out at jacuzzi at night, this, that, and third. And it was probably maybe by the, by the, we was there maybe, it was probably around a week, maybe going into week number two with them or something. You start, like, paying attention to what's going on. Well, these people have a major drug addiction. 
So, like, she's coming home from work, and they're, like, smoking something out of tinfoil and dropping acid. And, I mean, this is just, like, nuts. Like, wow, you know. And I can see, like, my sister's starting to get more and more friendly with them, you know. So, and I'm just kind of, like, do my chores, go to my room, do my chores, go to my room. Or sometimes I go hang outside on the back deck or whatever and do whatever. And they'd be out of their minds. And then I'd just, you know, go back and do my thing. Well, <clears throat> so... Meredith is enjoying staying there, and, you know, like, I'd get up in the day, and the handyman would take me with him, and I'd go help him do odd jobs, wherever he was handymanning around. And, and like I said, they never was, at least to me personally, it was never out of the way to me, never upset with me, yelling at me, never tried to touch me or anything like that. I mean, it was like a, I was a worker, but, you know, I don't think a, a normal worker you hire, you're not going to go let chill in your jacuzzi. So I was like a worker with some benefits, you know? Like, was the work real work? It was his housework. Take the trash out, keep the vacuum, dust, do dishes, that kind of stuff. Did they have you do an unusual amount of work? No, I, I, I don't feel like I did. I don't feel like I did, you know. But it, except for like he would take me with him to go do work outside the house on his handyman jobs, you know, painting or building a deck or pulling nails or whatever he was doing handyman wise, you know, I'd help carry a bucket or clean up. That was his whatnot. job job. Yeah, that was his job job. So he was using yeah. like free labor. Basically, yeah, sure. Short. So you're basically being like traffic for labor. Yeah, I guess. But like I say, there was never there was there was never out of the way with me though. Like I never felt scared or oh god or just it was just weird at they night. Didn't abuse you? But yeah, yeah. It was just weird at night when the you. it was weird at night when the drugs came out. You they know, they used a twelve year old for free labor on their job site. Pretty much. Pretty much. And what kind of work was Meredith doing? Uh, Meredith was just she stayed at house and just do housework. She just dated, she would just, you know, she picked up the bulk of the housework. But was she actually doing work? Yes. Like she was scrubbing and. Yes. She, she was working towards the, like, towards the end there, she was getting real friendly with him, like, uh, a friend hanging out with him. Like, you know. Yeah. So, and I think she, I think this is when she started tampering doing some of the drugs they were doing. So this is, this is where she started her drug addiction there. Or, or I, I won't say that. This is where she started doing drugs at a young age. Was in these people's house. And so, and they were paying you? No. They were feeding you. Feeding me and giving me a, a roof over my Were they head. feeding you the same thing they were eating? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they would were, make dinner and here's your plate. They weren't feeding you like some... Yeah. No, no, no. I wasn't getting like... Cheap. Yeah. And they were eating steaks and I'm getting... Yeah, no. They were feeding whatever they had that we had. And so that that probably went on for probably three weeks to a month maybe. And I just started getting too uncomfortable with the situation. And I was just like, hey, I want to go back to the park. You know, I really, I want to go back with my mom. And they was like, okay. And, you know, one day we're off work. You know, we'll take you home back. So they took me back to the park and dropped me off with mom. And they took another dude, another like a grown man with them out to take my spot. And then they took another homeless man out, the big, tall, white dude out of the park back with them. And I went back with mom. Well, by this time we get back with mom, Dennis is not there anymore. I'm like, where's Dennis at? And she's like, oh, well, Dennis went off to work for the fair and said once he found a spot and got situated, he would come back and get me. You know, I said, and then I look back on that now. Like, what if you to come out and got her before I came back to the park? You know what I'm saying? And you've been homeless by yourself. I'd have came back to the park and been like, "Oh crap, where's my mom at?" You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I wonder now how how would that dynamic have worked? Like, what would have happened? You would either had to go back with the guy and so hope they took you back, or you yeah, would yeah, because mom had no clue where I was at. She couldn't like, like she could like, hey, before we leave, let's go to so and so address and pick up my kids. She had no idea where we was at. So, so luckily, thank God she was there. So, you know, so I, she so, had no idea where her children were. No. So, so then me and my, so then me and my sister, well, she stayed with them. So me and my mom are just, it went back to normal. Like mom sleeps. I go make some money. 
and then I would go and give her some money to go eat or whatever, and then I'd have my money. And then that's when I found that mall, you know. So there was a mall a couple of miles away from our little homeless camp, and I would go to the mall every day and um, watch. They had a they had a matinee there where you could pay like five bucks to watch a movie. And I go watch a movie, and I watched movies here and there. Well, I, I went so much I was going every day that the people there got to know me. So they would, you know, I paid my five dollars going to see the movie. Well, they would let me sit there. They, like when they cleared the theater out, they would know I was in there. They would leave me alone, let me sit there. And I'd watch movies all day and only pay the five, first five bucks. You know, if I had extra money, I'd get me a popcorn or drink or something, you know, try to stretch it out so I have something to eat. And that's where I fell in love with Groundhog's Day because that was a movie playing then. And I sat there and watched Groundhog's Day one day. And then I'd sit there every day for the next, like, fucking two weeks watching Groundhog's Day. You know, i go every day to the, I'd go get something to eat, go to the mall, go to the movie and just watch Groundhog's Day all day, you know. And uh, love Bill Murray. Love Groundhog Day is probably number two favorite movie of all time. So, but that's the only thing you had. Like you had no TV, you had no radio. No, yeah, there was like arcades. I stopped at the Seven Eleven to play some Mortal Kombat or some Street Fighter or something. I had a couple quarters on me, you know. And you had no fun in your life. No, I, I guess not. I, mean, I had Bart, my dog. You know, I was hanging out with him at the campsite. <clears throat> so, so I'm doing this with mom, and finally the guy. One day we're just sitting in the camp and the Volkswagen bus rolls up, the little Beetle bus parts rolls up and stops. We're like, what's going on here? And, um, Dennis gets out and comes walking up like, Hey, I got a job at the park, you know, and, and, and to, let's rewind for a second. This Dennis guy turned out to be uh, a, a drug, major drug addict. B, he was violent. You know, he slapped me a couple of times. He had knocked my sister down, choked her out. And it beat my mom a couple of times by by this point in time, you know, at the campsite. So well, this, he was violent, like your stepdad, but he was also violent towards you. Guys. Yeah, yeah. He slapped me, I think, two different times. And then one one time he slapped me. It, it was it was funny. Um, we were we woke up in the morning and there was a motorcycle cop had a car pulled over right in our entrance. Mm-hmm. So where he's standing, right in ticket, all he got to do is turn his head a little bit to the right, and you see us back there homeless. And and he he, he laid eyes on us a few times while he's writing the ticket. But never said anything. Well, Dennis is all paranoid. You know, maybe he, had, maybe he was one. I don't know. And it was just like the dogs were barking. He's like, "Shut them dogs up! Shut the dogs up!" So we're trying to keep the dogs quiet, and you know. And I, I think me being, I was younger, so I think I, I don't know. I must not be thinking. I don't know. And like the guy's finished writing a ticket, and he's going to get on his bike, and I'm like, "Mom, mom!" like that. And Dennis like looks at me, and like comes and just like drops whatever he was holding, comes straight and just smacks me across his face, lays me out. You know, and I'm just like, and I think, and I remember Meredith like jumping up and then she was about to do something. And he turned and saw her and he ran straight at her, like grabbed her in a chokehold and took her straight to the ground. Boom. He's on top of her now. And then mom comes and like tries to knock him off of her. And then like him and mom start fighting. And I think he beats mom up a little bit and the cop just gets on the bike and drives on up and gets on the highway. Like didn't he, he didn't even care. You know what I'm saying? I mean. And, and even when I would sit on the corner and hold a sign for money, cops would roll, like, highway patrol roll up and sit there. They wouldn't even look. They just look straight ahead. You know, so maybe it wasn't against the law for a child to be out, not, you know. So the law didn't care of anything going on. And so, and, and but Meredith didn't like this dude. I turned out, and the dude started off very funny and friendly and everything, but come to find out, he was, uh, he, he was, he was nuts. So I get back there to the, I get back with mom and of course Dennis comes rolling up one day like hey I got a job so we load up everything we can load up in the Volkswagen van and we head off and I want to say we went to like maybe San Mateo California I mean we was hours and hours away 
And um, we go to this fair, and um, he's working at one of the booths, and mom gets a job at the like one of the eatery places there, like where you're serving food. And mom's working at the eatery place, and I'm just kind of bebopping around, you know, just hanging out during the day, and you know, we're working at the fair. And um, uh, let's pause it right. Yeah, there. yeah, we're starting our fair journey now. You guys, I started. Uh, so it's me. And Dennis and my mother, and Meredith's still back in wherever she was at, we're living with the rich people, and and I'm with mom, and I, th- I want to say the first stop might have been San Mateo, but you know, we're like out, like you might be six hours away from Meredith, you know, and we're starting a, our first job San Mateo. San Mateo, California. That might have been the first stop, I remember, because it was a two-week, it was a two-weeker. <clears throat> it was a two-week stop for the fair. And and now we're getting introduced into the fair and the carnies. And I know mom was working first at a little fast food. Like, a, okay, not fast let's, food. Let's, let's not go too far into it. Oh, yeah, I'm just stopping here. And Dennis, I forgot what Dennis was doing. and But but tensions are still running high between them. He's still showing some violent ways. You know, and I'm just kind of like, me and mom are like talking to each other here and there. Stella. <clears throat> So me and uh, mom are kind of already talking like this dude's crazy. Like we, th- he's got to go, you know. And for the first time ever, uh, when it involves a man, my mom was like, "I agree. We got to get away from this guy. He's crazy." So now you start to have that balance. Plus now you're learning the whole carnival thing, and and we'll we'll leave it off there at the uh, carnival. And uh, thank you for tuning in, and everybody who's downloaded the first two episodes, we appreciate you, and uh, hope you enjoy the stories and. Uh, this we is appreciate the, the positive reviews as well. Yes, love the positive reviews because comments get people looking. It makes them stop and read and maybe want to download the podcast. So appreciate you for that. Thank you for turning in, tuning in to uh, episode three of the Warp Sense Reality Podcast. And uh, Until next time. Until next time.